The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patra, and uh, it's a special night tonight, guys. We get the back-to-back nights, and I uh, am joined for this Thursday, December 12th card with my good friend, Andrew Hansen. Andrew, how are we doing today, man? Doing well, Mike. Yeah, I'm excited. And uh, I've already been looking ahead at the slate, trying to scour the, the rosters here for somebody who can score 100, because we had a big night this week in college. The younger, not the younger brother, the older brother of Jared Culver, J.J. Culver, scored 100 in an NAIA game on Tuesday. And, you know, if that wasn't news enough, we, we both got a chuckle looking at the box score because he, he went 34 of 62 from the field. The rest of the team combined to go 8 for 15. But the other thing I noticed is that J.J. Culver went 20 for 27 from the line. And this brings me to the stat of the day, which is that Jarrett Culver is only shooting 45.1% from the free throw line. He's 23 of 51. Can you believe that? Sounds like this team uh, or these two brothers were were practicing their free throws growing up, man. I know, but I mean, at least J.J. was respectable in in his 100-point outing. So he may need to teach Jarrett how to shoot. And and so I, I actually went and looked at at uh, Jarrett's regular stats, because I knew his free throw shooting was bad, but he's only shooting 38% from the field, 26% from three-point land. So we're not going to look to somebody like Jarrett Culver to try and get 100 points here in the NBA. I, listen, I would, if I knew I was getting a guy that was taking 64 shot attempts on this given slate, I'd be paying 20K for him. <laughs> Give him to me 20k, lock it in. Uh, staple in my lineup. No, that was. All right, listen, I don't care what uh, what level you're playing at. I mean, that's 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 got to be a pretty tough feat to get to, man. 100 points. Now that we're talking about it. 100 points. Yeah, and it's, yeah. I mean, that's that does not happen very often. That's a fat. That's a fat DK game. <laughs> well, before we get started, guys, we're going to be talking about the four game card tonight. Um, and Andrew, you brought a little something to my attention that one of these games will be played in Mexico City as well. So it's going to be a little bit of a, a fun slate, but uh, before we jump in there, just a, a nice quick shout out to our presenting sponsors, uh, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Uh, Andrew, we've we've talked about this several times, and uh, I've been trying to you know recruit Miles into the coffee train. He says he doesn't like it too much. So, uh, Miles, when you're listening, um, you know if you don't like the coffee, buy it as a gift, guys. We have the holidays coming right around the corner. Check them out; they have plenty of little uh, gift packages. You can check them out over at HawaiianIsles.com, uh, or you could just visit them on uh, you know. Amazon. It's very simple. Just type in the Amazon search bar, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Check out all the different blends. Get the drone to drop it off and, uh, you know, get a couple stocking stuffers or send somebody a nice little coffee basket. Um, I know I would be very thankful if I got a big basket full of Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. (laughs) Uh, It was probably one of my top gifts. And I think I would probably just stop opening presents at that moment. You'd be distracted, wouldn't you? I would go straight, straight, to, the straight to the kitchen. Right to the Keurig bed. I'd go straight to my, <laughs> you know, right in there. I'd open it up, throw it in, and that's it. I'm good to go. Uh, I would start my day, and I'd look at the rest of the, the gifts underneath the tree, and 
uh, they'd go, they'd get donated because I already got the best thing that money can buy, which is a nice uh, liquid black gold coming out of the <laughs> K cup. You know, that's a creative idea for Miles is, is to get it as a gift. But if he does that, I mean, he really should get one packet for himself and just give it a try because it almost doesn't qualify as coffee. It's like its own beverage. Absolutely, man. It, it's, it's, it's a delicacy. It's just that good. It, yeah. it really is. Um, and I'm all for it. You're all for it. We got Coach on board. Uh, I'm sure we've had plenty of listeners now who've went out there and just heard us talk about this stuff. We don't just preach it. I wouldn't spend this much time on it as just a regular ad read. I truly love this stuff, guys. Um, and I think we all do now. I'm speaking for everybody on this one. So, um, great. Awesome. Got that out of the way. They're fantastic. Check them out. And also, if you get a chance, sign up for the Bruise Letter. It's absolutely free, guys. Just go on to hoopball.com. Uh, it's, it's just, if you're playing year-long fantasy, it's just a staple. Um, it's something that's free. It's something that I've been paying attention to. It comes through once every week. And Brew, uh, Aaron Brewski over here, um, the hoopball founder and the, uh, you know, the mecca for us over here. Uh, he just generally runs through every single team, all the news, all the updates, and just hits on everything. It's an absolute fantastic uh, feature, and it's free. So check it out, guys. Uh, subscribe to that, and definitely check over at Mike uh, the Panda Pastor's premium content for his feature article of the week. So got that out of the way, man. We're going to jump right into this. Uh, you know, fairly quick night, small card. I kind of like these four to six game slates sometimes, though. Um, in between these massive, like tonight we had an 11 game one. I say tonight because we are recording this the night before. So, Andrew, we're going to jump right into this. We have the Philadelphia 76ers uh, traveling to Boston to take on the Celtics. I'm a gentleman. Lead us yes, off. you are. I'll go with the home team here in the Northeast. I'll start with the Celtics. And they do have some news. I was watching tonight, and Gordon Hayward got popped in the face by Doug McDermott. So it's like, one thing after another for Hayward, he had to leave. It looked like he easily could have broken his his nose or um, who knows what. So he's certainly questionable at this point. He, as you mentioned, it's only 1030 here on Wednesday night. So we don't know what the latest is on him. But I'd say there's a decent chance he's going to be out. And Marcus Smart didn't play tonight with a left eye infection. So I'm you know looking ahead towards this game thinking there's a chance they both miss. In which case, I'd be very interested in stacking Kemba, Tatum, and Jalen Brown because I think they're going to soak up all that extra usage. So uh, that's the my first thought with the Celtics, and all three of those guys are priced well. Kemba went off tonight; he scored 44, so that that was fun to watch. Um, and you know, this this is a back to back, but if if the, like I said, if those other two wing players are out. Then I have a lot more interest in this in this side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, just uh, Hayward commands a high usage. I mean, it's only his uh, second game back tonight, um, so you know we we, we kind of were going to see that you know take form, and a lot of the usage was going to eventually drift away from you know Kemba, Tatum, and Brown, and Hayward was going to absorb that back. Um, with him out, you know, we can look at these guys again. I feel perfectly comfortable looking at you know those three wing per, uh, perimeter players because it's it's going to have to come from them. And, uh, yeah, you know, Philly's a tough defense and all, but uh, Boston is going to keep this game close. We know these two teams are very competitive when they play each other, um, and the scoring's going to have to come from somewhere. So I'm perfectly fine looking at those three guys. Um, their price tags are still a little elevated. Um, you know, it would have been nice to, you know, really jump on them, maybe get, you know, a little bit of a de depressed salary uh, from Hayward playing a few games. We're still kind of seeing these guys marked up a little bit. Um, but it's a four-game slate, man, so 
Uh, we can't just go crossing every name off right away. We don't have the luxury that we had tonight where we can just bounce around from game to game and take one-offs everywhere we want. Um, this is probably slated to be one of the more competitive games of the night. Yeah, you're right. It's a it's a one-point spread right now. And I'm glad you mentioned the Philly D because these two teams played in the season opener and Kemba really struggled. He went four for 18. So of the three guys I mentioned, he's probably the one I'm least interested in. I'm more interested in Tatum at 7.1, and then Brown would be next on the list at 6.6. And then if we're looking for a potential value play for the Celtics, if those two guys are out, I think you can look at Carson Edwards. He's uh, minimum salary. Uh, you know, I think there's a chance he could get 20 minutes and and maybe get six or seven X return. Yeah, I definitely think he'd be in play. And, uh, also, I think I, I, I would probably take a look at Brad Wanamaker. Uh, he plays a little bit of the one and the two. Uh, he can play both positions. And, uh, you know, I think he's probably just uh, a, a pitch safer in the rotation as far as minutes. I think Edwards uh, would benefit a little bit more from a blowout. But I don't know how much run he would get necessarily with this game staying close for all four quarters. So um, both tournament plays. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, minimum salary. So. Uh, you know, you, you almost get what you pay for sometimes in that kind of situation. Yeah, you're right. Why a hundred dollars more? Yeah. So I I agree actually. He is he is safer. But we have seen Edwards really heat up from three. So uh, yeah, more of a tournament play. But you're right. I, I do like Wanamaker three point one. Oh yeah, Edwards can light it up though. I, exactly. He he gets it going. He gets hot. We've seen just everything from when he was over there at. Uh, at I believe it was Purdue, right? Purdue Esports? Yes, college? sir. Yeah. Lit yep. it up in the tournament, and we've seen it a few times uh, during the preseason and during the regular season as well. When he gets hot, he's hot. Um, he's not afraid to chuck. He doesn't have his unlimited range. Um, he'll start taking those wild, you know, three-point shots where he's three or four feet behind the line with a ton of room. Um, so, yeah, I, I can definitely see getting some shares in him. Uh, I just probably wouldn't overexpose. Um, not a bad play, though. Not, not, not trying to call you out, you know, man. I definitely do like it. No, I'm glad you reminded me of Wanamaker because I do think he's the, the safer play for the guards off the bench. All right, man. Uh, so anything on the anything left over to Boston or are you ready to slide over to the Philly side? Let's talk Philly. All right, man. So, uh, you know, I guess uh, I'll start us off, and I think we just got to look at the top, start with Joel Embiid, 9,500. I think that's a fair price tag going against Boston. Um, their front court, pretty weak. Uh, he dominated them in the first time that these two teams uh, met up during the earlier in the season. He only played 23 minutes, put up uh, almost 44 DK points, 15 points, and 13 boards. So uh, I think I think that's where I'm going to look, man. I think I, he's going to come in there. I think he's going to be one of my favorite center options on the slate, and that's and that's a lot to be said because uh, we have three top tier centers to choose from. Four, if you want to include Whiteside. So uh, yeah, man, I I think that's pretty much it for me. I like I like myself some Joel Embiid. Um, I have no problem looking at Horford in this revenge type scenario at 5,900. Uh, it's a fair, fair price tag for him. We we generally know when Embiid's playing, we're not going to get that full upside and that ceiling type performance out of him. So if you wanted to shy away from a little bit more in GPPs and kind of look at him as a better cash game option, uh, I would I think that's definitely an option. And I, and I think I'm going to steer clear of uh, Ben Simmons, 7,600. Um, he's kind of struggled against Boston in the past. Uh, their perimeter D's been pretty, pretty well. Um, Pretty good, pretty good job against him um, dating back to last season. Uh, this game, the game that they played earlier in the year, he did perform well, but I'm going to kind of consider that the outlier, um, and I'm just going to kind of get my exposure, mostly with the guys at the front court. I know Boston's pretty weak on the interior. Yeah, good takes. Embiid certainly can overpower Tice 
And I think there's a real good chance he'll play more minutes than he did in the season opener. I, I really like the narrative with Horford coming back to Boston. I think he'll get a warm reception. It won't be anything like we would have predicted for Kyrie Irving. You know, Horford was here a lot longer and uh, he, he was a fan favorite. So I think he'll he'll be feeling the good vibes. Uh, so I like him at 5.9. And you're right, Simmons historically has struggled against the Celtics. They've done a real, real good job game planning against him. So, so maybe that was an outlier in the opener. But in the four-game slate, I'm not going to cross him off the list. I'm going to get him in a couple lineups for sure. And then the only other guy I've got – as a note here for Philly is Matisse Thibel at 4.0. I think this game fits him really well. You know, in that season opener, he didn't get too much, but he was, you know, he's a rookie. He's getting his feet wet and he just matches up well with a lot of the Boston wings. So I, I like him at 4.0. I love his game, man. I love it. I love his defensive ability and, uh, it, you know, very site specific. Cause when you look at a site like over at FanDuel where, uh, they give you a little bit more points for the defensive stats. He can really shine in those kinds of environments. Um, you know, Josh Richardson is back. Uh, that might, you know, impact him slightly. We were kind of seeing him get starter-level minutes for a few games here and there. Uh, back down to 26 in Richardson's first game back last game. So still enough minutes where he can produce at that price tag. Very fair price tag at DraftKings. Also small forward eligible. Um, just keep in mind that with Richardson's minutes slowly getting ramped back up, uh, those are probably going to come from Thibault. So uh, I'm, I'm monitoring it, but I'm not crossing him off because I still think that's a solid value at 4K. So I'm glad you brought him up, man. And uh, I just wanted to also mention I would not probably recommend playing Embiid and Horford in the same lineup either. You know, maybe if you're going with somebody else at center, you want to pay up on either Drummond uh, or Jokic, and then you still want to get some exposure against that Boston front court. Uh, that probably seems like the prime scenario to fire up Horford over Embiid. Yeah, I agree. And I'm I'm predominantly going to go with Horford and not Embiid. Mm-hmm. So we may – yeah, but uh, I yeah, I agree. One, one or the other. All right, man. I think we're ready to move on to the next one. We have the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, traveling to San Antonio. So we have uh, – the, the Mavericks are going to be leaving Texas, going to Mexico City. Uh, San Antonio will be staying into the Lone Star State. And we have the Cavs are on the second half of the back-to-back. So they actually kept the game close. Against the Rockets. Uh, go figure. Because that's how the NBA works this season. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't have a ton of Harden on tonight's slate. I kind of went with a lot of that balanced approach. I did get him in one or two lineups. But, uh, you know, it's okay. Uh, I'm still looking okay. It's not like I'm going to I'm not gonna win money and I'm not going to cash just because I didn't have Harden. Um, but, you know, he did go out there and drop a big game. So, uh, you know, we got to look at this Cleveland team. They they did keep this game close, but that's not easy, and that comes at a price to pay. I, I have a feeling that we might see these guys a little bit of a, a little battered, a little bruised, and a little tired. Um, but they get to face this San Antonio team that does not look like a general San Antonio team. We know that they have just been a dumpster fire all season long, uh, porous defense, and playing at a little bit of a faster pace than they normally would. So, uh, which team would you like to start with, Andrew? I I'll start with the Spurs because I noticed that. They're in a weird scheduling quirk here. They haven't played since last Friday. So they're really rested up. And, you know, <laughs> that doesn't mean a whole lot because it's the Spurs. <laughs> I mean, they, they could they could approach it like, well, we haven't played since last Friday, so let's just give everybody 24 minutes. That wouldn't surprise me at all. But DeRozan, you know, if there's anybody who's going to get more minutes, it's DeRozan. He had 40 minutes last time out. So – he is the 
one guy I have circled on this game. He's 7.3 on DraftKings. I think that's an excellent price for him. So he's my favorite target. I was curious about DeJounte Murray. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, he finally got a little bit of an edge in minutes last game. He got 32 minutes, but now he's priced up to 5.6. So I'm not I'm not a huge fan of that price. And Marcus, Marcus Aldridge, 7.0. Um, I think that's a solid price. I, I think he'll do well against Cleveland's front court, but I just don't trust him quite as much. So DeRozan's my favorite play over there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can, I don't mind uh, paying that price tag on DeRozan, knowing that he's playing all those minutes. But you said you hit the nail on the head. I like that you mentioned Murray, man. Uh, I have a ton of interest in Dejounte Murray in this matchup. I don't mind paying that fifty six hundred for him if I know he's playing thirty plus minutes, and I don't think it's a fluke. Um, they came, Popovich came out and kind of uh, hinted at that uh, Murray's going to no longer be playing on any sort of minutes restriction. Um, does that mean he's going to see 30-plus minutes every night? No, probably not because they still have Derek White, Patty Mills, and uh, Lonnie Walker over there. Um, so there, there's a chance that you know we see his minutes dip back down to the mid-20s. I wouldn't be shocked. So that's making him more of a, a GPP sort of play instead of a cash game play. Um, but DeJounte Murray playing 30-plus minutes is absolutely huge, especially against his Cleveland backcourt, which is very, very porous. Um, they're just very terrible on defense altogether. Um, and this guy can just produce in so many different ways. He's very good defensively. He can rack up rebounds and assists very quickly. He doesn't need to score a whole lot. Um, so, yeah, he's he's probably going to be my favorite option on the San Antonio side. Well, that's reassuring to hear. I hadn't heard that quote, so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah, I, I, it's something that uh, I always try to jump on. When you know that we're going to get these guys coming off of a minutes restriction, uh, you know, if we know Murray's playing, let's say, averaging 34 or 32 minutes a night, something along those lines, this guy would be priced at 65 to 7K. Uh, he can just easily, easily rack up rebounds. This is a, a rebounding guard where he can easily pull down 12 or 13 boards uh, in those sort of minutes, especially when you're talking about the guys that are around him aren't necessarily, you know, you don't see Aldridge averaging double-digit boards anymore like he used to when he was back in Portland. Uh, and DeRozan's not that type of guy that's mixing it up in there in the paint either too much. So, Murray chops it up, and I absolutely love his game. Um, I love him for season long and for DFS. If he's going to continue playing this, he's going to be a, a very, very primary focus of mine. Um, when the Spurs are on the slate, I mean, I would probably prefer playing him uh, point per dollar over to Rosen if I know he's going to play 30-plus uh, minutes. Yeah, if we could just have that assurance from Pop. That's the only gonna- thing, man. I'm going to have my fingers crossed. I'm, I'm expecting we'll get that before tip. Oh, you'll never get anything straight out of Pop. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, I hope listeners understood that there, there had to be some sarcasm in, involved in uh, and you Complete said that, sarcasm. Yeah, we'll get the exact, yeah, Pop will be very straight and, uh, you know, straightforward with us in, uh, before the press conference. I'm sure he'll tell the media everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, and that's and that's the big caveat there is that Popovich could easily throw this out because Patty Mills also played thirty plus minutes in the last game as well. So another thing I wanted to mention, um, both those guys did play thirty plus. Both those guys would be a player for me at forty one hundred at fifty six hundred. Those would be my two primary focuses. Um, probably wouldn't play them together again. They're going to impact each other's value. We really just want one of them playing thirty minutes. It's just uh, you know, Popovich, man. We don't know. Uh, we don't know how this is going to work. So monitor the news. Maybe we do here. Maybe maybe he wants to be nice to us for once. Uh, but I'm not going to count on it. I'm just going to be rolling out Murray, I think, either way. Nice. All right. Uh, anything else from uh, San Antonio? Are you ready to move over? No. Tell me what you think about these Cavaliers. Because in looking at the box score, it looked like the guy that exceeded value the most was Kevin Porter Jr. He went for 24, 
two, three, and three against the Rockets. He's only three point six. Are you going to chase those points? Uh, those are tough points to chase. I don't think so, man. Um, yeah. I, I don't. I don't mind it at the end of the day. Like if you happen to land on it and it's like the last, the last guy going into your lineup and it's just rounding out nicely. At that point, I don't mind it. But I'm not going to go out of my way to try to, you know. Get a, get a good discounted player with Kevin Porter Jr. and just throwing him in there at 3,600. Um, you know, it's worth noting that they're probably going to be limiting uh, Kevin Love's minutes here and there. So, I mean, in that game, he did play 32, and Porter still got good run. So, you know, he might just they might just be gradually bringing him along in this rotation, knowing that they're going to be trading Kevin Love soon. So keep an eye on it. Um, you know, I'm glad you brought him up. I think it's something definitely worth monitoring. Um, but I just don't know if I'll be ending there the end of the day i mean i don't need to go ahead and try to force uh too many guys into my lineups i mean it's you it's pretty much been built for me uh i think you're getting two studs in your lineup is the way that you're going to be constructing it i don't know if at the end of the day we're going to have enough value to rely on to really get three of those expensive guys whether you know it's like an Embiid, Doncic, and lillard i think that's going to be too much um so I, I just don't – I think a lot of people are going to try to go that route and force those guys in there to get the three studs. And unless Kevin Porter goes out there and puts up one of those 25 or 30-point games, um, you're going to be kind of in trouble, uh, in, in, in my opinion. So um, I really don't have too much interest in anybody on the Cleveland side. I've been kind of avoiding these guys left and right for most of the season. Uh, it's just too hard. The backcourt is too deep. The front court they, they get limited very often. Um, and then they all cut into each other's value, whether it's Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, and uh, Larry Nance Jr. So I'm going to let you take the wheel on this one, um, just because I've been kind of off of this team for the most part all season. Yeah, you know, I don't have anybody circled for Cleveland. I, I think they are in a really tough spot after that tight game tonight against Houston to have to, at home, to have to travel down to Texas to face the rested Spurs. I think it's a recipe for a disaster because, I, I mean, I think this is a must win for the Spurs. They're 9-14. and 14. This is a game that they have to win if they want to try to creep back into the picture here. You know, if you if you really wanted to play somebody on the Cavs for some reason, I think you could also look at Jordan Clarkson at 4.4. That's a good price for him. And, yeah, well, I think we just need to wait and see what the news is because, you know, who knows if Kevin Love's going to play um, – so you could go with somebody in the front court. I mean, it's a fair price for Tristan Thompson, the 6.1. But I think there's a very good chance I won't be playing any Cavaliers. Yeah, I mean, and when you bring up fair price tags, uh, Kevin Love is at a more than fair price tag. If we know he's playing 32 minutes at 6,200, he's definitely in play. He'd actually, right. you know, could possibly be a core play. But I just don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they, you know, he's a very injury-prone player. You don't want your guy getting hurt if you got him announced on the trade block i mean he wants to go to a contending team they're trying to get some pieces uh back for him so um i'm gonna keep my eye on it and you know it's worth noting i'll probably trot out a little bit of kevin love i'm really glad you brought up clarkson kind of looked right over him not gonna lie um and he's been quietly producing over the past two games the shot attempts have been there in the double digits and if that's going to continue at 4400 i have no problem rolling out um him either so i think those would be the only two options of guys i i I really look at but even then um, I kind of want to know the news with Kevin Love, but Clarkson's a good call, man. I like that one. Yeah, he's just one of those guys that, especially on a four-game slate, mm-hmm. you know, he just you overlook him and then he surprises you with like 33 to 35 fantasy points and and then you're, you know, you're regretting the fact that you didn't you didn't play him. So, yeah, he's a possibility. I feel like I always end up landing on him at the end of my lineups in my utility spot. Like when I'm just oh, really? trying to round it out and I have a little bit of money left, it's like I always have enough money for Jordan Clarkson. 
Um, and I never want to click it. But now maybe I'll be a little bit more enticed now that you brought him up and kind of opened my eyes to him, Andrew. So I appreciate it. All right. That. You got it. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, anything else on this Cleveland side? I think we hit it up pretty well. I think we did. Some value involved. I mean, immediately, right, right when we first looked at it, I wanted to cross it off. But the more we started talking about it, the more I'm starting to kind of look at this Kevin Love play at 6,200. Well, I'll take a couple stabs at it, man. Um, if he's going to play 32, that's a great price for him. All right, oh, we'll yeah. move on to the next one. We have the Dallas Mavericks traveling to Detroit to take on the Pistons. Uh, this game's going to be fun, man. I know Coach is going to be watching it. I'll be watching it. Uh, you know, we're the, uh, the, the hometown Mavs fans, even though it's his hometown, not mine. Um, but... That being said, Luka Doncic is on the slate. We have to talk about him. I figure we might as well just hit it right on the head right when we start. Andrew, are you playing Doncic? Yes. Yeah, I like it, brother. Me too. I'm always playing <laughs> Doncic. This is an easy question for me. It's how much of Doncic is the question? Right. Well, I mean, as we discussed, this game is going to be in Mexico City. And so you've got to figure that Luka's going to rise to the occasion because now he's not just – it's not just some normal game in, in Dallas. This is an opportunity for him to – show his talents to an entire new country. So I, I think he's going to want to show his best game. And he's had three straight games of less than 50 fantasy points. They've been off since Sunday. So I'm, I'm really liking this spot for Luca to bounce back and, and put on a show. So he, he is going to be in my lineups. And, the yeah. Oh, no, 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 sorry. I was going to say just absolutely hit the nail on the head. I think a lot of people are going to end up box score chasing on this and watching and see those three down games and not want to pay that price tag. Uh, it's easy to like, it's easy to forget how good this guy was playing um, and just what his floor actually is. I mean, this is his floor. When you look at like 50 points, this is pretty much his floor. I mean, yeah, there's a 37 in there. Those are few and far between. Um, but when you look at that 40 to 50 points, that's really his absolute like floor when you ask me. Right, right. So it's too bad he's still at 11.4, but, but it is a four-game slate, and it, it makes sense. So, um, I, you know, I – at looking at the shell lineups here that I've been I've been building, you know I I've got him in there and it's you know, I'm I'm pretty confident with the rest of the lineup. So we'll get to that. But one guy that's not in this shell lineup that I'm building is is Tim Hardaway Jr. and I I don't know why that is. So I'm gonna have to tinker with it a little bit. He is up to 5.2, but. You know, fun to see him shoot so well last time out, 9 of 12 from distance, and he scored 29 real points. So, you know, he's attractive to me. This game is attractive. It's a 220-and-a-half over-under, five-point spread. So it could be the highest-scoring, closest game of the slate. And I think we just need to look at the news for the rest of the Dallas roster. DeLon Wright is questionable. He missed the last last game. So uh, the other two guys I would look at if he's out are Powell at 4.5. I, I think they're going to need some heavy minutes from him dealing with Blake and Drummond. And then Dorian Finney-Smith, he's 4.0. He's a nice value starter that you can slide into your lineup and make it work. I love the DFS call. Um, yep, that was one of the guys I had circled. I, I had Doncic circled. I had Dorian Finney-Smith circled, and you hit the nail on the head with the hard way. I was going to bring up the, uh, you know, the abnormal shooting. I don't think we can really rely on him shooting nine of twelve from deep again and hitting ten out of thirteen shots altogether. Only one of his shots in the field, not from 
uh, you know, distance. So um, a little bit of an outlier. Uh, so I'm going to kind of hope that reverts back to normal and avoid him at 5,200. If you want to play him, not going to knock you, just uh, not going to be one of my primary targets. So yeah, I mean, I think it's DFS and Dodrick to me. Um, you know, Powell's has been playing so bad lately. I, I just, I can't trust him. I mean, at 4,500, like you said, they're going to need his size um, in that front court, you know, between him and Kleber. So, I, I mean, if you want to look at those guys, not going to knock you. I almost think I'd rather pay the $3,700 for Kleber, though, just knowing how bad Powell's actually been this season. Yeah, I don't I don't understand what the deal is with Powell. You've probably seen more of the Mavericks action than me, but I thought he'd be playing better, um, especially when he's starting and, you know, with playing with Luka. I, I just thought he would have more easy looks. I mean, looking at his the box scores here, Three of the last four games, he's only attempted three shots. Yeah, he's very passive, and that's and that's exactly what it is. It's just unless it's like a putback dunk, he's not doing anything. You're not, he's not really you know running pick and rolls with Luca too much. And if they are, it's usually Luca's just rolling around the curl, uh, pulling up or finding another open man on the other side of the court, maybe doing a quick swing pass. But uh, yeah, man, he's just struggling. It's it it doesn't look good. I mean. They're getting good minutes out of him, and they're going to need to use his body, regardless of whether he's playing good or bad. They're going to need to play him at least 24 minutes, I assume. Um, but you know what? Just that price at 4,500, I think I'd rather take a, a rare little tournament shot on a guy like Kleber at 3,700. Uh, you know, the game script is there for him to kind of see a few more minutes due to the size kind of thing, and he'll probably be drastically under owned compared to you know Paolo on this slate. So. Um, that's pretty much what I got for you on Dallas. I think we're pretty much on the on the same exact uh, boat with this one. So um, I think we're ready to slide over to Detroit. Uh, you know, next question, we're going to talk about the Pistons. you got to talk about Andre Drummond. Uh, Coach is a big fan of him. Uh, I'm a big fan of him. I mean, I'm, I, I've kind of been easing him back a little bit, uh, but I want to know where you're at with him. Uh, are you playing him? No. He's not going to be in my primary build. I mean, I'm a fan of him as well, but – I'm going to go back to Blake Griffin here. He's down to 6.7. And last Friday, we recommended him, and he went for 42.75 fantasy points. So he gave us that 6x return. He shot one for nine from the field last time out. So he, I think he's. this is an opportunity to get Blake at a good price at low ownership. So that's, that's my focus in the front court for Detroit. I mean – if I play, you know, five lineups, then I'll certainly get Drummond in there. I'm not going to play Blake in all five lineups, but um, I guess sort of like Luca, I'm hoping for, uh, you know, an opportunity to get him when he's coming off a, a down game. I like it, um, and I have a question for you then. So, you know, looking at Blake, very similar price tags. Uh, Kevin loves a little bit cheaper, but looking at those two guys, who would you prefer? I like uh, I like Blake. I just I just don't think Love is going to play, uh, or if he does play heavy minutes. I mean, if if he was going to play heavy minutes, I think it's it is a tough call. Um, but I'm going to go with Blake here in a game that I think will be a little bit higher scoring, and I think they're going to need him to do more. I, I'm with you. I do like um, I do like Blake. I do prefer him over Drummond as well. Just that you know savings of 2,900. Uh, you know, knowing that Drummond's usage has been impacted so much with Blake uh, being back in the lineup ever since he did return. So yeah, I'm with you. I think that uh, I have no problem going to Blake Griffin. I'll probably be fading Drummond. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a fantastic matchup for him. Uh, Dallas is pretty weak on the interior, so I'm not going to knock you if you want to play him. 
Um, me personally, though, I don't think I'll be going there. And like you heard me say before, I think I'd rather play Embiid. But it's not a hot take to say that you'd rather play Drummond over Embiid. Both guys can you know, easily break a slate at any given moment. And I think Drummond's floor is probably a little bit safer than Embiid's. Uh, just looking at knowing that he can grab 20 boards on any given night. Um, Embiid doesn't, you know, he has to share some of those rebounds around with Horford and uh, uh, with, uh, excuse me, uh, Tobias, Harris. Tobias Harris. Thank you very much. So, um, yeah, no, that's pretty much it. I don't really target too many other guys. Keep an eye on Christian Wood. He's just been playing very well lately when Andre Drummond does get into foul trouble. Um, but I uh, I don't think we need to go there on that slate, and I haven't been playing too many of the wings. Um, have you been playing Kennard at all? Because he's a guy that, I know he was lighting it up early on in the year, but I have not played this guy at all this season. I don't think I've played Kennard on any uh, on any slate. I've played Kennard a few times, maybe a handful of times. I've played Derrick Rose once or twice, but I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of them. And you know, at, at this price tag, they're not they're not in my lineup right now. Um, so yeah, for me, it's Blake. And then you know, the other thing we got to mention is you and I both want to play Luca. And that makes it a lot harder to play Drummond. So, you know, it's just a natural pairing to play Luca with Blake Griffin in this game because of their price tags. Um, I know they're on opposite sides of the ball, but um, <laughs> it just in terms of, you know, the sacrifices you have to make if you if you play Luca, that that's one of them. I do want to mention one other guy in this game, and it's our man Boban. Ooh. And the, the reason I want to mention him is because over the weekend, as you know, I was out in Vegas. And he put up a monster game on Saturday. They they let him play in that blowout. He got 23 minutes, put up 42 fantasy points. And I just, I'm so bummed that I didn't get to play him. I mean, first of all, I was out of town. But second of all, there's no DFS in Vegas. You can't play. So I, I have an excuse. I could not play him. But I just hate missing out on the Bobon games when he gets actual minutes. And I, I think there's a chance he plays in this one. Uh, I was looking back at the box scores last year. He was when he was playing for the Clippers. He uh, Doc put him in against Detroit, and he had a ten and ten game in I want to say maybe sixteen minutes of action. So you know it makes a lot of sense if you're going to play him occasionally, play him against a guy like Drummond. So if again if I make five lineups, I'm going to have one lineup where I put Boban in there. I love that call, man. I'm a huge Boban guy. Uh, I know you are. I'm I one of, I like that. I'm one of the chapter uh, presidents of the Boban fan club around here. Uh, <laughs> I love. I, I really just love the relationship he has with Tobias Harris. I think that you know those guys being best friends just makes me feel all happy inside. Uh, but I just watch them hanging out. <laughs> so, uh, no, I'm with you, though. That's a great call, man. If they're going to play him, it's going to be now. And then you also get the added benefit where maybe if you're not playing any Donch, you're not spending up on any of the other ancillary pieces, you can look at him as like a nice one-off in case this game does get out of hand. And even if it doesn't, um, it's setting up where we might be able to see at least maybe hopefully 10 minutes. And even in 10 minutes, Bobak can get you to 20 fantasy points in 10 minutes very easily. Yes, he can. Very, yes, very he easily. Can. Uh, I mean, we just saw, uh, you know, he's getting that kind of a two fantasy point per minute kind of production the last time he rolled out and got 40 and 20. So um, I'm with you, man. That's a good call, man. You've been, you've been uh, uncovering a few good pieces for us with Clarkson and now Bobon. So I got to kind of write both those names down and uh, keep those guys in mind at some low-owned pivot plays. I like it. All right, man. Well, we have one game left before we jump into that last and final game. Quick shout-out over again at Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. These guys absolutely fantastic. Please check them out at Hawaiian Isles 
dot com and you know check out their blends buy them as a gift try them out they they have smaller little sampler ones as well uh, you can get a little bit of every kind of roast I myself I like the dark roast uh, that bold flavor in the morning waking me up every single time this is the kind of coffee that you smell it when it gets brewed it wakes you it wakes up everybody in your house if you leave the doors open um, it's that good please guys go check them out um, and when you do let them know that we sent you so. That's it, man. We have one game left. It's going to be the Portland Trailblazers traveling to Denver. This game's going to be played in Denver, so we have to, you know, factor in that altitude. But there's going to be a lot of lot of good options that we can look at in this game. Which side of the ball are you feeling like starting with, Andrew? I'll start with Denver. Uh, I was watching when Jamal Murray got hurt in Philly, and kind of funny how they call it a right trunk contusion. He basically got hit in the ribs. So... Again, it's Wednesday night right now. I haven't heard if he's going to play. Last I heard, he's questionable. But I'd like to play one of these point guards. So if he starts and he's good to go, then I, I like him. If not, then you got to look at Monty Morris at only 3.9. Now, as for the rest of the lineup, Barton is 6.3. Um, he's one of those guys that on a four-game slate, you definitely want to have some shares. And he really took advantage of Murray's absence against Philly. Had an excellent game, initiating a lot of the offense. So, you know, if Murray plays, I, certainly we can't expect that type of output. But I, I still like him at 6.3. And, you know, the we have some news in the front court too. Paul Millsap is questionable with left foot soreness. He's only 4.9. Um, so we got to keep an eye on that. Because if he doesn't play, Jeremy Grant's only 3.9. So we could certainly have some value opening up on Denver. Absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, Murray I'm expecting to play. I believe he posted something on Instagram saying that he should be fine for the uh, the Thursday game. So I'm expecting him to suit out. Does that mean we're going to get Murray at 100%? Probably not. Probably playing a little bit hobbled. Um, that might be just enough to kind of push me in the other direction, whether it's to Barton or to some of the value on this side of the ball. Um, so I don't think I'll be having too many shares of Murray just because of the injury tag and designation. Um, you know, I don't know. I never hurt my left trunk, uh, but it just doesn't sound <laughs> like it's uh, it's uh, it's that easy of an injury to play through. When you're talking about, you're saying it's between your ribs. I would have assumed that it was like your coccyx bone, like your like your tailbone. If somebody said that they injured their left trunk, that's immediately what I assumed. So yeah, um, but it was it is more it was more of the side. Yeah. Sort of, so I mean, it's sort of weird that he acted like he was in so much pain. Didn't come back, but I guess we'll find out. How, you know what what it's like to respond to a trunk injury. Yeah, I feel like we're talking about like the Horton hears a who from Doctor Seuss over here. But uh, <laughs> um, I, I want to talk about the Millsap injury because you heard me mention it a bunch of times already on the show. Um, they're going to treat them with kid gloves. He has no problem resting any games when he's healthy, let alone even remotely hurt. Um, they want to make sure that this entire team is going to be able to stay healthy going into playoffs, and that's kind of the reason why they brought in a guy that's versatile like Grant who can play multiple positions. So um, I'll be playing a ton of Grant, I think, at 3,900, just kind of in the anticipation that Millsap um, does rest or is limited with a foot injury. And uh, I think that's a more than fair price tag, um, even if Millsap's playing. So 
Um, he's definitely going to be one of my value plays I'm looking to get exposure to. And then Morris is a good call for some reason that Murray does sit. And even if he does play, I think Morris is a guy that in 20, 22 minutes can still get us there at 3,900. So um, I'm going to be going towards the value a lot in this game. I don't have a problem playing Jokic if you want at 9K. Like I said, we just talked about a couple other centers that around a little bit more expensive that I would probably prefer. Um, and then Barton has has been playing well all season long. Came out and uh, blew up on the slate in the last game. We finally got that bounce back Barton game after he was struggling for a few games prior, uh, kind of showing us what he did. And he didn't do it in the rebounding, man. Uh, that's kind of what's been hurting him a little bit. He's he's been rebounding like a beast all season long. And then take out uh, the last game against Philly and the three games prior. Uh, he only had a combined eight rebounds in those three games when he's averaging six point six on the season. Um, so I'm going to expect that a little bit of the norm to kind of return. Barton should start to kind of pick things back up, and I have no problem going back to him at 6,300. Uh, okay, man, that's all I got, though, over on this Denver side. Uh, anything else that you see that you're kind of looking at? Or? No, that's it. That sounds good. T- tell me about Portland. Who do you like there? So I want to talk about Whiteside just because um, all these centers, I think he might fly under the radar. Um, 8,100, I have no problem rolling them. Um you know, it's going to be decisions getting made. So it, it makes sense in some of those Doncic lineups if you don't or if you can't spend up on a guy like Embiid or Drummond um, to kind of look this way. Uh, he's just the floor, the ceiling. Everything has been there for him this season. Um, even in limited minutes, he gets it done for us. He flashed a little bit of that 10-block upside that he that he showed a few years ago that we haven't seen in a while um, over the string of the past few games. Uh, I believe it was against Chicago. Uh, put up a nice 10-block game. So, He's looking like good white side. He looks like he's in a good place. I have no problem rolling him out there, uh, even with his game being played in the high altitude. Um, He's probably my favorite player on Portland. Yeah, I like him a lot. You know, he he did well in this matchup. They also played in the season opener. He went 16-19-2. So uh, I I like him as well. Uh, A little bit of a discount from those other centers. And I noticed... uh, you know, looking at the distribution of minutes with Hood out, you know, I, th- I think Portland is still an opportunity for a value play as well. We've got uh, Hazonia, he had 23 minutes last time out. He's 3.3. So I think he's somebody you can look at. And then Anthony Simons, he's only 3.9. And he's, I mean, we, we all know that he has really stepped up this year getting more and more confidence. He had 29 minutes last time out, and we've seen him play alongside Lillard and or McCollum consistently this year. So, you know, if you're looking to play Luka, I, I think you want to look at a guy like Simons. I like that call, man. I mean, the, he's, he's a fantastic young player. Um, really looking forward. I like just throwing him into my lineups anytime Lillard does sit out. He's a great point-per-minute player. Um, he needs to be getting the minutes. I think he played 28 minutes in the last one, so I have no problem going with him at 3,900 as well. Um, and, you know, when we're talking about, you know, Lillard and McCollum, got to bring them up real quick. Uh, I, you know, everyone's always looking at those two guys, trying to decide if you want the savings when you look at McCollum. Um, in this kind of scenario, I would prefer Lillard, even, uh, you know, given the price tags, Lillard's 8,500, McCollum 6,800 on DK. Uh, and it's simply because of Gary Harry defense. I mentioned a lot. I don't try to test Gary Harris, uh, under the radar player all around, let alone defensively. So, um, I think I would prefer Lillard out of those two as well. So I guess my primary options when I'm looking at my player pool um, on this Portland side of the ball will be uh, would be Lillard um, with you know Whiteside. Whiteside probably be my favorite play. 
Uh, I'll play some Simons. I don't think I'm going to get to Hazonia. No problem going to Simons, though. And if you want to just uh, keep trying to plug in Bazemore and hoping that you're getting those upside games, um, I have no problem doing that. I'm not just going to jump off of him in GPPs because he put up a couple stinkers. May not be the best matchup, but I still know what kind of uh, upside and tournament upside Bazemore has on any given night. Um, and I have a good feeling that given this matchup um, and given his recent performances that a lot of other people kind of just decide to hop right off and go to this guy like Simons. Yeah, I, I also want to chime in there on the guards and, and agree with you. I like Lillard over McCollum here, especially if he's going to be playing against either a banged-up Murray or Monte Morris. Good points, good points. Okay, that is it, man. Do you have anything else from this game, or did we just uh, crank this out pretty quickly? I think we just cranked it out. All right, man. Cool, 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 cool. Well, that's all we got for you guys. I mean, uh, it's a nice little four-game card. I think all games, all the games – you know, after talking about them, should be pretty competitive. I don't think we're going to have too many blowouts to worry about. Uh, you know, that Cleveland-San Antonio game may be a little ugly all around, um, but, it's you know, both teams are pretty bad. Uh, so I don't expect anyone to necessarily run away with it either. All right, man. Well, that's all we have for you. So, guys, if you have a second, please uh, give us a thumbs up, a rate, and review. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, everywhere your podcasts are found. Um, and we do really appreciate it, and we do take the constructive criticism uh, to heart, man. We, we we really try to, you know, recreate this podcast every single show. We're trying to find new ways that we can be better, new things that we can do, and we take every single suggestion that you guys have to heart. Uh, and we're trying to grow this thing and just make it for you guys and give you guys what you want. So please uh, also give us a quick follow on Twitter. You can find me at Mike Apatria. That's M-I-K-E. A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You can find Andrew at Language Olympic, L-A-N-G-U-A-G-E-O-L-Y-M-P-I-C. And then you can find Coach at Joe Sarvati. That's J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. And you can find Miles at Miles6565. So that's our team, guys. We really do appreciate it. Uh, Andrew, any final thoughts before we close this out? Good luck, everyone. That's it, guys. Good luck. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.